How do you deal with people that get defensive? What I want to do is play you a clip of Steve Jobs masterfully handling a tough question that would make most people defensive so that we can learn from it and know how to respond when people say something that could make us defensive. For context, this is at the 1997 Worldwide Developer Conference, and I'm going to come in and out of the speech to dissect it and then also show you how I applied it to a similar situation. So it starts off with a reporter asking a question that would make most people very defensive. So here's the reporter. Mr. Jobs, you're a bright and influential man. Here it comes. It's sad and clear that on several counts you've discussed, you don't know what you're talking about. I would like, for example, for you to express in clear terms how, say, Java, in any of its incarnations, addresses the ideas embodied in OpenDoc. And when you're finished with that, perhaps you could tell us what you personally have been doing for the last seven years. So that's a lot of confrontational energy coming at you. And most people would react right away, try to defend their position like a mother bear defends its young. But what Jobs does rather masterfully is he says something a little funny and then pauses for about five seconds. Pausing subconsciously tells the other person that you are thinking deeply about what they said. And everyone has the desire to feel heard and understood. So the mere act of pausing is going to send a message to the other person that you are listening. Uh, the second thing that pausing does is it gives you a rare opportunity to be thoughtful about how you want to respond so you don't react. So let's listen to Jobs saying something, again, a little funny and then masterfully pausing while he collects his thoughts before responding. Uh, you know, you can please some of the people some of the time, but So after the pause, Jobs uses two words that diffuse confrontation, that diffuse defensiveness. Instead of telling the reporter why he's wrong and defending himself, Jobs uses these two words. You're right. <laughs> when you tell people they're right, what you secretly say is, I value and validate your opinion. People don't like being told they're wrong, but they love being told they're right. And there is usually a grain of truth to what the other person is saying. So here's Jobs telling the reporter that they're right. One of the hardest things when you're trying to affect change is that people like this gentleman are right in some areas. I'm sure that there are some things OpenDoc does, probably even more that I'm not familiar with, that nothing else out there does. And I'm sure that you can make some demos, maybe a small commercial app that demonstrates those things. The next thing Jobs does in a very elegant and subtle way is he paints a picture as to why context matters. He's essentially saying, you're right unless you consider this broader context. But he doesn't do it in a combative way. The bridging phrase he's using to make this transition is the hardest thing. 
Notice he's not attacking the reporter. He's attacking the problem, which again is going to lower defensiveness. So here's Jobs. The hardest thing is what's, how does that fit in to a cohesive, larger vision that's going to allow you to sell um, $8 billion, $10 billion of product a year? From there, Jobs talks about how he solves for this problem. So here's Jobs. And one of the things I've always found is that you've got to start with the customer experience and work backwards to the technology. You can't start with the technology and try to figure out where you're going to try to sell it. And I've made this mistake probably more than anybody else in this room. And I've got the scar tissue to prove it. And I know that it's the case. What Jobs is doing here is something called denigrating the messenger. He's essentially being very transparent and shows that he has the battle scars to make his point because he's gone through this before. And again, when you are denigrating the messenger or falling on the sword a little bit, you lower resistance. Back to Jobs talking about what he's come up with. And as we have tried to <clears throat> come up with a strategy and a vision for Apple, um, it started with what incredible benefits can we give to the customer? Where can we take the customer? Not, not starting with, let's sit down with the engineers and, and figure out what awesome technology we have and then how are we going to market that. Um, and I think that's the right path. So notice there, at no point is he attacking the reporter. He's basically playing back a game film of the problem, given the context, and what he's gone through to be able to come up with the strategy that he has adopted. It's a masterful way of dealing with confrontational energy. So let me share with you a story about how I applied this framework to something that happened to me. Uh, several months ago, I told a friend of mine that I was getting a dog from a puppy mill. And like this reporter, he got really defensive. He said things like this, you're nuts. Do you know that there's so many dogs that you could adopt and millions of them are killed every year? You should definitely adopt a dog from a shelter. Now, rather than getting defensive, what I did was pause for a second. And then I did what Jobs did. I said, you're right. If more people adopted dogs, far fewer dogs would be euthanized. And then I went a step stronger, like Jobs did. I actually made the other person's case stronger. I said this. Um, I read somewhere that most dogs that you get from pet stores come from puppy mills. Notice what I'm doing here? I'm agreeing with the other person because there is a grain of truth to what the other person's saying. And then like Jobs, what I'm going to do is bridge it. Um, the most difficult part is when the people in your family want a very specific type of dog. They want a red female cavapoo at six weeks old. And then I'm going to talk about what we did to mitigate the risks of puppy mills. So what we did is we found a checklist from the Humane Society to ensure that the breeders that we're using don't get their dogs from puppy mills. And after I took this approach 
and the other person, his name was Pete, felt heard, he was much more open to what it is that I was talking about and certainly wasn't as defensive. It sort of calmed things down really quickly. There's a good takeaway here. When someone tells you that you're wrong, tell them that they're right. <laughs> Knowing how to make people feel heard and understood is a superpower for getting through to anyone in your personal or business life.